A story that's definitely number one if I got to choose because it's near and dear to my heart. It's about a woman who learned she had cancer from taking a photo at a tourist attraction. And that is a very big story, but not quite big enough, not in range of what we cover for you. So we will talk about a story that's much, much, much less important and kind of quirky in its own right. Of course, we will get into stories that weren't quite the best, as you said, and starting off with the top 10 stories as per you. You decide what the stories go in and what order, and I will tell you what they are in just a moment here on the Weekly Wrap-Up Show with me, Jay Cleveland Payne. This is for the week ending October 26, 2019. And welcome to the show. I am, as already said, Jay Cleveland Payne, and this is, as I also said, the Weekly Wrap-Up Show. This is a show, a podcast, a combination of a week's work of work between me at The Conversation Project, and this is TheConversation.com, and you out there in the interwebs. Now, how does this thing work? We have a website that has some social media accounts attached to it, TH underscore conversation for Twitter, and this is a conversation for Facebook and Instagram. Now, if you follow us on Facebook and and Facebook and Twitter, just say, uh, every hour or so, about every 50 minutes or so, we post a news story, a link to something out there across the entire Fruited Plains and whatever you call Fruited Plains that we're not here in the States, across the entire ocean or whatever. Worldly stories, domestic stories, quirky stories, sometimes the big headline stories that get stuck on Chirons, but this is a way to find out what conversational stories are out there that you really want to get into that's not just being fed to you by here, what we call in the States, the mainstream media. And it's fairly simple. We go through all of your stories from a countdown from Friday to Friday, and we put them in a spreadsheet, Twitter and Facebook, round them out with some math, and come up with a raw score for every single story. So what we have is a top-to-bottom listing of the top stories of the week. Of course, number one is the top, and the bottom this week is 196. 196 distinct different posts this week on stories. We'll talk about that story 196 in the second segment. We call it the almost relevant story of the week. Most of the times that story is something that is uh, a late posting that doesn't get any response. Actually, we had a lot of very, very low response postings early in the countdown, and we'll tell you why this one made it and what it is in a bit. We'll also go through in the third segment, the segment where we round out the top 15. These are stories where they're not quite good enough for top 10 because they're 11 through 15. And so, you know, just what stories were just shy of the listing. If you want to know more about the story I opened up with, go to our website. This is the conversation.com and click on the link for this week's podcast, because all of the links to all the stories we talk about, plus that one is listed for the podcast link for this week, week ending October 26, 2019. So let's go ahead and get into the stories that you said were the most important coming down 10 to one. Dennis Quaid is living the best life, his best life. He is all over movies right now, playing good guys and bad guys at the same time. He's in TV commercials, and he is in our countdown this week, and just barely. This story right here is a top Facebook posting of the week, and it pushed a lot of Twitter responses, but enough Facebook posts to push it into the top 10, as I said, just barely. Here's your headline. Dennis Quaid, 65, confirms engagement to Laura Savoy. 26. We hope that we are pronouncing your name right. We posted the story on Monday, October 21st, and we're going to read a bit from uh, page six where we got the actual rundown of the story. Dennis Quaid is off the market. The 65-year-old actor confirmed he's engaged to 26-year-old Lori Savoy after proposing to her in Hawaii. It happened on the way on, in the very northernmost part of Oha at Turtle Bay. It was kind of spontaneous, he told Extra it was very much a surprise. Sorry for butchering all that. While the timing was a surprise, the Parent Trap star admitted he had purchased the ring well in advance of popping the question. I had the ring in my pocket. It has been kind of a month and a half plan, he shared. I wanted it to be private. Typically millennial, Savoy was in the middle of snapping a selfie with Quaid when he pulled out the ring. She was actually taking a selfie of us, and I put the ring in front and said, Will you marry me? And then she fell down, Quaid revealed. Page 6 confirmed Quaid was dating a University of Texas PhD student in June after they were spotted out together. Quaid previously dated model Santa Ozens after the 16-year married to Kimberly Buffington ended in 2018. He was also married to Meg Ryan from 2009 or 1991 to 2001 and PJ Souls from 1978 to 1983 so this is number three for mr quaid who as we said it's pretty obvious he's doing pretty good with himself and living his best life with his 
new fiance. Congratulations to the cute couple. And they are pretty cute. Going to the story at number nine. The headline is Qantas completes first ever nonstop flight connecting New York and Sydney. We posted this story on Saturday, October 19th. It's, it's a bump in response. That means this story had more responsive to you in Facebook and Twitter uh, of 2.05%. The source of the story, because it is kind of tech heavy, comes from CNET.com. If you love flying so much that you'd happily spend almost an entire day on a plane, Qantas is working on launching just the flight for you. On Sunday morning, Australia's flag carrier completed a record-breaking commercial flight when one of its Boeing 787-9s landed in Sydney at 7.42 a.m. local time after a nonstop journey from New York of 19 hours and 15 minutes. The survey flight, the first time the two cities have been connected by air, is one go. It's part, is, is part of the Project Sunrise, Qantas' effort to push the limits of commercial flying. Though Qantas is well-versed on operating long-haul routes, given that Australia is far from pretty much everywhere, connecting Sydney and Melbourne to both New York and London has, up until now, remained outside the airline's grasp. Travelers currently add an extra four hours between New York and Sydney by stopping in Los Angeles. Flight 7879 departed New York on Friday evening loaded with 220,900 pounds, that's 101,000 uh, kilograms of fuel to make the journey. Since the 787-9 doesn't have the range to complete the 10,000 mile, 16,200 kilometer journey with a full load of passengers, the flight carried only 50 passengers and crew and no cargo. The airline was brand new. The airliner was brand new, having just come off Boeing's assembly line near Seattle. It's part of Project Sunrise's goal to limit jet lag and ensure the health of both passengers and crew on lengthy flights. A few medical experts were on board to monitor passengers' sleep patterns and food in between consumption. The four-member flight crew who worked on rotation also wore EEG, as of course, EEG monitors that tracked brainwaves and alertness. So this is something that you need to go to click the link at our website. This is a conversation.com and click the link for this week's podcast. Of course, that is for the week ending October 26, 2019 and read more into the story. This is a very, very tech heavy story because it is kind of dangerous to be up in the air for all that time. But this does something that will help out the Qantas brand and maybe other brands as well if they can make this work out on a safety level. Of course, we have plenty of issues with big planes these days. So the safety level has to be the top concern. We'll see how long it takes for something like this to become actually commercial or whether it'll just be more or less stunt stuff. Story number eight has this headline. Reunion. Vietnam vet reunited with beloved dog in hospice care. We posted this one on Monday, October 21st, so this one lasted quite a long time as well. It gets a bump of response of 4.7%. The source of this story came from CBS News, and this is a this is a heartwarming story. If you don't get a, a little missy-eyed in this one, then you may not actually have a heart. When Vietnam War veteran John Vincent was admitted to hospice care with limited time left to live, he only had one request, to see his dog one final time. Vincent does not live near any family in New Mexico, according to a Facebook post from Albuquerque Animal Welfare. So when he was admitted to the hospice center at Raymond G. Murphy Veterans Affairs Medical Center last week, he had to give up his six-year-old dog, Patch, for adoption. Before Patch moved on to his new home, Vincent's palliative care social worker, Amy Neal, contacted Albuquerque Animal Welfare about Patch getting a final moment with his previous owner. Center wrote, she told the Animal Center, according to a Facebook post, that Vincent, quote, may not much time left. The shelter was able to make the request happen on October 17th when Patch took a trip down to the hospice center to be reunited with Vincent. Since the reunion, the dynamic duo story has gone viral. Quote, it was such a heartwarming moment. They were so happy to see each other and say their goodbyes. Albuquerque Animal Welfare wrote on Facebook more. It was an honor to make the veteran's final wish come true. Check out the link in our website so you can see deeper how this thing goes and see the pictures of the two making their final goodbyes. We send our thanks to John Vincent for his service. We send our thanks to Patch for his service and our condolences to any family or friends of John Vincent as they are dealing with the loss of a good friend. 
Let's move on to the story we have listed as number seven this week. This one was a very shocking one, and they're still really working out the details on it. We'll give you what we can so far. The headline reads like this. 39 bodies found in Essex truck container. Posted on Wednesday, October 23rd, a bumper response from the story at the eighth spot of 1.92%. The source for the story is from CNN.com, and it has been updated. Updated headline is murder probe after 39 bodies found in truck container in southeast England. We'll read you from the updates, of course. And this is coming out of Grays, England. Residents of the English town of Grays, 20 miles east of London, said their hearts were broken after 39 people, including a teenager, were found dead in a truck in an industrial park Wednesday. Eastern Avenue, a street in the heart of the usually bustling industrial area, was closed off after ambulance workers made the discovery and called police around 1.40 a.m. Police said the container arrived at the nearby town after traveling from the Belgian port city of Zeebrungel, early Wednesday before it was transported by truck to Waterglade Industrial Park. Police have not yet identified the 39 victims of their or their nationalities. However, a 25-year-old truck driver from Northern Ireland was arrested on suspicion of murder. Paul Barry, a local counselor for Armagh in Northern Ireland, identified the driver as Morris Robinson. Barry told CNN he learned of the arrest after speaking with Robinson's father. Local counselor said the driver was known locally as Mo and that his family is, quote, salt of the earth and clearly we need to give them space. Wednesday, Essex Police Deputy Chief Constable Pippa Mills told reporters the, quote, number one priority, she said that on a big thing, for police was finding out who the victims were and where they were from. The force set up a helpline for people to call if they're concerned their relatives might have been among those inside the truck. There's more details listed in this story so check out the link inside the website for more of it this is a very very grim and gruesome thing and it popped up with a lot of things that were really big this week here in the states this is one that popped up and spent a couple hours as uh, more or less uh, two three level news headline news that was very very big we'll hopefully get some sort of update on why the truck was there and why these people were found in the truck but until we get that, we're still looking for you. If you want to talk about any of these stories, it's easy. Just email us at theconversationinbox at gmail.com. We can discuss basically any story we're talking about today. For subscribers to our email list, they receive a daily newsletter for Monday through Thursday newsletter that goes through the stories in succession, basically looking back and see what stories were the biggest ones for the weekend on Monday and for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, the previous day. You can see what stories are really hitting hard, what people really get into by the stories that carry over from one day to the next. You can also see that in the way things come down in the countdown, which, as you say, goes from Friday to Friday and is recorded on that final Friday. So we have eight-ish days based on the morning cycle of what's going on. And so stories that pop up on Thursdays usually don't get as much run and normally become stories that are good fodder for the almost irrelevant stories. This week, we have three stories in the very, very uh, top part of the top ten that uh, pushed in very late and made a way because it made big differences. This is one of the first ones we have here. It's a number six spot. This is the headline we have coming from TMZ. Houston Astros fire Brandon Taubman for taunting female reporters. This story, as we said, is a late bloomer, but it pushed pretty heavy. Coming in last night as we record this, or Thursday, October 24th, gets a bump response from the story at 7 of 6.92%. Here's a little bit of the write-up from TMZ. The Houston Astros just fired their assistant GM, Brandon Taubman, saying an investigation re revealed he did, in fact, direct inappropriate comments towards female reporters during a locker room celebration. As we previously reported, several journalists claimed Taubman screamed, I'm so effing glad we got Osana, at a group of women in what was interpreted as a verbal taunt. The backstory... Astros traded for Osuna after he was accused of domestic violence while he was a member of the Toronto Blue Jays. Houston said had received backlash for acquiring the All-Star closer, and after he helped the Strohs earn a trip to the World Series last week, Traubin's comments were interpreted as a middle finger to his critics. But the reporters didn't find the comments appropriate at all, and despite initially defending Topman, the Astros say a probe revealed that the top-ranking exec was in the wrong deeper, deeper, deeper into this story by going to the link inside of the website. This is a conversation.com. Click the link for this week's podcast. 
week ending October 26, 2019. But this is a big deal. This is a really big deal. Uh, anybody who does not have the common sense to not say stupid things in front of the people they shouldn't shouldn't be in charge of things like baseball teams or things that make a lot of money. Unfortunately, the times we live in, those same old good old boy uh, tactics where you thought, well, essentially people in power think they can get away with anything still exist. We'll see what actually comes down other than a firing for Trotman, but we'll see how this thing plays out, especially if it plays out to a big loss. Right now, the Houston Astros are down two games to nothing to the upstart, if you will, uh, Washington Nationals in the World Series as we speak today with Game 3 happening this evening as we record today. I am still not sure this story isn't actually satire and a joke on me, but it's in the five spot this week. You guys got to dig out of it or got it confused as well. Kanye West asked Kim Kardashian to stop wearing revealing dresses as it, quotes affects him, unquote, as a Christian. Wednesday, October 23rd, the date we posted that one, and a big bounce, about uh, about 12.94% of a jump in response from the number six story. It comes from Christian Today, which seems reputable, but the story itself was kind of, kind of, eh. This actually was an older story as well, so it took one of those stories that took a while to actually show up in various feeds, and we aggregated it this week. You guys got a kick out of it or something, so let's read a couple lines so you get a bit more context. Kanye West has spoken out against his wife, Kim Kardashian, for wearing revealing dresses in public, saying that the way she presents herself in public negatively affects him as a born-again Christian. The celebrity couple quarreled on a recent episode of the show's Keeping Up with the Kardashians after West spoke out against Kardashian's decision to wear revealing clothes in public. However, she responded that she was on a different path to him. The debate was sparked by Kardashian's decision to wear a tight-fitting Terry Mulger dress to the 2019 Met Gala Ball. The designer dress had been made in skin color to give the impression that she was naked with water dripping down her body. West said to his wife, Quote, I just went through this transition from being a rapper, looking at all these girls and looking at my wife like, oh, my girl needs to be just like the other girls showing off their body or something like that. I didn't realize that was affecting my soul and my spirit as someone that's married and a father of now about to be four kids. A corset is a form of underwear is hot for who though? Reading Kanye West is, is a lot like reading Shakespeare. West has famously been hosting weekly Sunday services events throughout the year, which have attracted thousands of attendants. The events feature gospel music by West and his band, and more recently, sermons have been introduced. Kardashian responded to her husband, You're giving me really bad anxiety. You knew last night I was wearing, I was having really bad anxiety, and I don't need any more negative energy. For you to say you're now not into me wearing a tight dress. To which West replied, you are my wife and it affects me when pictures are too sexy. However, Kardashian retorted, you built me up to be this sexy person and confidence and all this stuff. And just because you're on a journey and transformation doesn't mean I'm in the same spot with you. The exchange ended with West simply replying, okay, before he walked out of the room. I can't believe I actually read that full entire story, but yes, that apparently did happen. It apparently was on tape, and it took a little while for us in the masses to get a hold of it. But yeah, Kanye West is having some issues with his wife being a bit too sexy, and that's getting him in some uh, some mental issues as a Christian. We can discuss this offline, or technically still online, via email at theconversationinbox at gmail.com. Email me about any story we're talking about, and we can chit-chat this one beyond. We can even talk about it inside of the social media. Give us some comments inside the links if you still find them, or anytime you see a link that pops up that interests you, give us some comments so we get more te- context into your decision on it. But let's move on to a story that is a bit, well, not even a bit, a, a lot more shocking. Uh, here is the headline that we originally posted. Georgia Southern student athlete Jordan Wiggins has passed away. Uh, WJCL local TV stations article had this story for us. We posted on Tuesday, October 22nd, a 12.5% bump in response from the story before. Here are some updates from an updated story, uh, which makes the story even more tragic. That updated headline, death of Georgia Southern football player ruled suicide by overdose. New information on the death of Georgia Southern University student athlete. The Bullock County coroner says Jordan Wiggins' death was ruled suicide by overdose. The coroner adds it's not clear if it was accidental. 
On Monday evening, a family member called Georgia Southern Police to request a welfare check at Jordan Wiggins Residence Hall in Statesboro. Upon arrival, officers found Wiggins unresponsive. He was transported to East Georgia Regional Medical Center, where he was later passed away. Per university protocol, when a student death occurs, a Georgia Bureau of Investigation was called in to conduct the investigation. While no results were yet available, authorities did indicate there was no foul play suspected in the time. Wiggins was a freshman football player on Georgia Southern's football team, and the news of his death hit his teammates hard. Monday was a scheduled day of off practice for the team, and Tuesday's practice had been canceled. You can go deeper into the story of Wiggins and deeper into the story of what's happened here by going to the website, clicking the link for this week's podcast, and reading further the story that was provided to us by the news site, WJCL.com. This is another story that picked up a lot of pace quickly on Thursday. As I just said, we record this on Friday mornings and the Friday to the Friday thing. So posted sometime yesterday or to last night, the headline we put out there was Mormon missionary Addie Andrews quits religion to start career in adult film industry. Lad Bible is the source of that one, and there's a source for a lot of stories like that. And there seems to be a lot of stories like this lately. Of course, Thursday, October 24th, the official date we posted it. No, I said that. A bumpy response from the number four story of 10.65%. Shall we go to Lad Bible and give you a little bit of the write-up? Yes, 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 we shall. A former Mormon missionary says she ditched her sexy repressive, her words, church, and kicked off a career in porn instead. Speaking to the New York Post, she said, quote, The church took me in, was so welcoming, and wanted to do well by me. Addie took on the lifestyle expected from her new religion, which includes no sex for marriage. Addie had sex just once before she joined the church and stayed celibate until 26. She said, quote, The problem is not just the premarital sex is denied, but that they make it out to be very serious sin and shameful to do so. The deeper I got into the religion, the further from my own identity I got. Dedicated to her religion, she spent 18 months on a mission to help spread the word of the church across her state, which she says left her feeling, quote, like a nun. Addie told the Post, of course, a quote, I was very sexually repressed. You're essentially a nun devoted to religion for that period of time. But she says she started to question her religion when she had to turn down being a bridesmaid at her sister's wedding as the dress was too, quote, immodest by Mormon standards. Addie also started to miss singing, dancing, and acting, which had all been passions of her until she joined the church. So in 2017, she decided to stop attending church and a year later moved to California to try to become an actress. She found it hard, and despite having a university degree, she struggled to find work anywhere. Eventually, she decided to give exotic dancing a shot, and from there, quote, a lot of porn agents, unquote, reached out to her and asked if she'd be interested in a career in adult entertainment industry. From there, her career has taken off. Now Addie boasts over 70,000 followers on Instagram and was recently titled Penthouse's Magazine's Pet of the Month. Addie says, although initially a little wary, her family have now accepted her career choice. She says her brother even told her, quote, I will definitely never watch your porn, but you seem happier than ever, so I support your decision. That's the close quote from the brother. So there you have it. Um, a few weeks ago, it was a actress who was formerly of Boy Meets World, the, the original cast, who is now doing porn and getting pretty, pretty, um, pretty big reviews on it. Then Bella Thorne, or somewhere in between, Bella Thorne got an award for her porn. So porn is a growing thing. Are you for more porn or against more porn? Email us at theconversationinbox at gmail.com. And let's just talk about it. We're just going to talk. I promise. Story at number two brings up the Madden curse, which always comes up around this time of year. Uh, but this time we thought it was over, but apparently it is still there. The headline is actually Patrick Mahomes injury could mean the Madden curse has struck again. USA Today's for the win column had that in there on Friday, October 18th. So this one stuck around for quite some time. A lot of people worry about their fantasy football teams. Uh, jump a response of 61.92% from the number three story. Here is a bit from for the win. Oh no, not again. We all thought the Madden curse in which the cover athlete on EA Sports title are doomed to suffer misfortune the year after they appear might be somewhat squashed. 
Tom Brady laughed in the face of it in 2017 and emerged unscathed and won a Super Bowl last season. But then we saw what happened with Antonio Brown's frostbite. And now Patrick Mahomes, who is on the cover of Madden 20, has gone down with a knee injury, one that threatens to keep him out for an extended period of time. So though most of the rest of this article is just Twitter responses, people freaking out about the Madden curse and freaking out about their fantasy football teams. You can check out what the Twitter we, Twitter Ati, Twitter is, Twitterverse, what they spoke about this by going deeper into the story, going to the link inside the website. This is the conversation.com link for this week's podcast is under uh, October 26, 2019. And now here we are the number one story for this week. As per you, you determined this story was pretty important and you determined this story was pretty important pretty quickly. This is one that was literally posted in the middle part of the evening last night. One that's kind of floated around back and forth for a while, but caught my attention as a, honestly, as a placeholder. And you guys decided it held the place of number one for the week, only being posted for about 10, 12 hours. Here is your, oh, I'm sorry, the stats first. Uh, by the way, it's also the number one Twitter story, which is why it grew up so fast. It blew up so fast on Twitter, so massively faster than the number one Facebook story on Dennis Quaid at number 10, which, by the way, but 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 I'm actually getting ahead of myself. Let me do this the proper way. This was the top Twitter story for the week. This story gets a bumper response from the number two story, the number two story of 131.27%. Now we can talk about Dennis Quaid as his new fiance. That story at number 10, a bumper response from 10 to 1 of 513%. And the almost irrelevant story of the week, the story that's going to be at the very bottom, the story that's going to be listed at number 196, a bump in response of 89,400%. That means this story was that much more responsive than the story at the very, very bottom. And the headline goes a little something like this. House Ethics Panel investigates Representative Katie Hill for affair after she claims nude photos leaked without consent. With story source from Newsweek, we posted, as I said, Thursday, October 24th. And we're going to read, yes, we're going to read some of this. A few lines from what Newsweek says about what's going down. No, well, maybe there was a bit of a pun intended, so let, let me just go ahead and read Freshman Representative Katie Hill, Democrat of California, is under investigation by the House Ethics Panel after public allegations she, that she conducted an extramarital affair after nude pictures of her surfaced. Hill admitted to being part of a throuple with one of her campaign staffers. She denied an affair with her legislative director. She claims the pictures were distributed without her consent, according to Associated Press and Los Angeles Times. Hill is the first female lawmaker to be subjected to such charges. An investigation was opened after multiple allegations that Hill, quote, may have engaged in a sexual relationship with an individual on her congressional staff in violation of House rules. That's the end of the quote. The panel said in a statement from committee chairman Representative Ted Deutsch, Dutch, I believe, uh, he's a Democrat from Florida, and ranking member Rep Representative Kenny Marchant, a Republican from Texas. The committee has begun an investigation and will gather additional information regarding all allegations. That was also part of that statement. The Washington Examiner identifies one staffer as Legislative Director Graham Kelly and added the allegations in part came from Hill's soon-to-be ex-husband, Kenny Helsip. Helsip also accused Hill of engaging with him in a three-way, quote, intimate relationship with another unnamed staffer. From the relationship came the photos which were posted by the conservative website Red State. The staffer described the relationship on Red State as dark and toxic. Oh, if you want more about this one, you're going to have to go and do the work and read it. But here's the very unnecessary Cliff Notes version of this. What the House is actually investigating is the extramarital affair thing that was with one staffer. This threesome, or throuple, a three-way couple, if you will, uh, is not what's actually being investigated, but this is essentially the straw that broke the camel's back and they need to check in on this woman, I hate saying that way, but on the Congresswoman, uh, it was it's a it's a totally weird thing. And there's a, a lot of things popping up uh, in the new batches of of candidates who just came into most of the House because the House has a big turnover every year, essentially two year terms. A lot of things are coming up where people are finding out that the people they put into office to represent them may not represent them in their values. That sounds like a familiar chant being put around Washington these days, but we're learning a whole lot more about Representative Katie Hill than any of us definitely even care to know. 
and we're barely seeing a whole lot more of her than we probably care to see as well with these allegations. The number one story is usually where I go ahead and I do a bit more a bit more commentary and things, but I think this week we're going to leave that one alone because I, 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 you know, I, I don't quite live in a house's glasses. They do, but ain't nobody throwing stones my way. And when they do, they're not going to find any throuple pictures. I'll tell you that much. That's, that's, that's a given. So go ahead and look. You ain't got to find them. But what we'll find is we are done. We have completed this week's top 10 as per you. And if you guys think that story is the number one story, then, well, maybe me and Kanye should be praying for y'all a little more. But you you still have to I can't even finish uh, contribute cooperate give more stuff if you're not so sure about why that story was number one over other stories of the news you think should be bigger then that means you need to add more contributions number one follow us on Facebook and Twitter and or plus and Instagram as well Twitter look for th underscore conversation on Facebook look for this is the conversation same as for Instagram and on Facebook and Twitter. Every day around the day, we post stories, about every 50 minutes, news stories from different sources. Some of them a bit more salacious than others. Some of them we worry on whether they're actually real or not, but we do our best to fact check what we can. And we look for your engagement, your response, what you do to make these stories go so big. The more engaged you are in a story, the higher score it gets. Like we said, on Friday mornings, we take the score from around 5, 6 in the morning or so, cut off from Friday to Friday, and we put them into a spreadsheet, round them out, give them a, a raw, hard score from top to bottom. And you told me the top story this week was this thing about Representative Katie Hill. So you naughties, you just keep on doing what you're doing because you make this thing work, and I can only play, I can only say, only do the stories, pun intended, that you want me to do uh, coming up in a bit. We will see if any of the people who responded to that story are going to pop up in our shout outs. I believe quite a few will. And we'll also talk about the almost relevant story. This week story this week listed, uh, not as low as some days, 196, but a story that is a little bit humorous and a whole lot gross. And we'll get to those in just a moment here on the weekly wrap up show with me, Jake Cleveland Payne. This is for the week ending October the 26th, 2019. The conversation is powered by you. The conversation project, all the Facebook feeds, be checking them, and the website is powered by the response that you give to us in the ways of actual financial contribution. You can easily become a contributor by going to Patreon and helping us out that way. Become a monthly patron. Patreon.com slash this is a conversation or this is a conversation.com slash Patreon. We do that both ways. Or you can send me something via buymeacoffee.com slash Payne. And something that's a bit more smaller edge, just a little tip in the jar is always appreciated. You can also visit our sponsors. We have spots here in this podcast and at the website for sponsorships because it helps keep the lights going, keeps things going, pays for the bites, the digits, and all that electricity that costs things. This week, we are spotlighting, again, one of our most favorite and most prosperous sponsors because people love these guys, so they keep giving us big chunks of money because that's how it works out. It is cloud nine living and if you go to this is a conversation.com slash cloud nine that's the number nine you can get a great discount now the i know the the banners have not been updated by cloud nine but they have over two thousand experiences nationwide so anywhere you are they have something nearby and maybe something far away which is the whole point the biggest thing about cloud nine living other than the fact that they do great customer service and great excursions is that their gift certificates never expire never lose value you can buy a gift certificate right now for an amount that you think you want to use for an excursion or an amount to give someone else for their excursion whenever they want to and they can cash it in years down the line and it'll never lose a dollar it's not like uh, the gift cards from the stores you have nearby where after uh, six months they start taking a dollar away because they want to get their money in admiralty no, they, they, your money is always good with Cloud9 Living. And like I said, check out their website so you can see all the different excursions all over the place. And they're a four-star rated among so many people. I can't even go over the list of people who love them, including me. They're, they're great for our vacations, my family's vacations as well. So if you go to our website 
and use our link, thisisaconversation.com slash cloud9, you get an extra discount on your gift certificate. So you get your disc certificate with a little bit marked off and the money never expires, never goes away. And the experiences go from pleasurable to downright near painful and, and excitement. My wife wanted to drive race cars and I don't, I didn't get that. So she drove race cars while I didn't have to. I could send her to drive race cars and go do something else. That was our story. What's your story with Cloud9 Living? Check them out. Go to our website. This is the conversation.com slash Cloud9 and get your gift certificate today for your next vacation from Cloud9 Living. I'm still having trouble just processing the fact that the story on Representative Katie Hill and Health Ethics Panel investigating her uh, picked up so much steam so quickly. But because of that, we got a lot of notifications, a lot of comments, a lot of people who wanted to weigh in that in our shout out. So starting off on Twitter and some people who shot it out, Miss Katie Hill includes Illinois is broken, corrupt. That's is Illinois noise if you will uh also chrissy also jumped in on that one as well honey house pr jumped in on something different uh dare deal dara prison art i don't know how that popped in there but sorry for butchering you thank you for joining in milo yoko the spun for our sports stuff thank you very much and the white don lemon parody also jumped in for quite a things as well from Chicago Stories. Thank you, White Don Lemon Parody. We appreciate all you do for us. Also love the cast box who popped into our, our notifications and Jack Panda Speaks for some silly podcasting stuff that we popped out last Friday. Let's go on to the Facebook love. People on Facebook that showed us extra love in their comments going back and forth. Uh, we got some responses from L Video Productions LLC, who is probably just trying to uh, get in and, and try to get some 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 work. But I got no problem with that. Big O from the In the Black podcast. Make sure you check them out and check out some merch from them. Ruth Ann Miller, Tony Brown, Daniel Williams. Also love from Adele Carnes, Vicki Young, and Peter Wilkinson Thiel. These are what I basically call my you know usual suspects. A lot of the Facebook folks show up often because they do a lot of chatting back and forth. I promise you a pretty irrelevant and pretty disgusting, almost relevant story this week. And that is what we have. As we said, there's not much context other than the fact that it was posted on Sunday, October the 20th. There are actually four or five stories at the very bottom of the list this, this week. And they were all from Sunday or there's, you know, there's four or five stories at the bottom, obviously. But the four or five stories at the bottom were posted on Sunday, October the 20th. So they had plenty of time to not marinate and get, gain any traction. And that story is 89,400% less responsive than the number one story. So what we have for you is this headline and some lines from this very, very gross story. Citizens fight over feces to fill human fertilizer quota in North Korea. American Military News is your source. This article states that the original story was published as a part of Radio Free Asia, reprinted with permission. So that's how they got it. Now this is how you're going to get it. Competition for human feces has become cutthroat in North Korea as authorities have burdened citizens with impossible collection quotas to prepare fertilizer for next year's farming season. In impoverished North Korea, farms are fertilized using human waste, and the government tasks every household with yearly collection quotas. RFA reported in January shortly after leader Kim Jong-un's New Year's address that households were struggling to meet an impossible quota amounting to 100 kilograms, 230 pounds, of able-bodied citizen. One source told RFA the quota was intentionally unreasonable because the true purpose of the quota was to force the citizens to pay fines and bribes for failure to meet targets. But authorities have already set the quota for next year, and in urban areas, the mission is causing unrest and environmental damage, as citizens are stealing feces from each other or digging up soil to mix with feces in an effort to reach the quota, which once again appears unreasonably high. So... If you really want to get deeper into this one, pun intended, go to the website, thisistheconversation.com, and click the link for this week's podcast. Links for all the stories we talked about are inside the link for the podcast week ending October 26, 2019. I sometimes give a little commentary on this one as well, very quick commentary. We know that the regime, we from the outside know how oppressive it is. We just didn't know how oppressive, except for stories like this. We also know just from 
basic um, biology that human feces is pretty much disgusting and the last thing you want to use in using fertilizer because of the things, maybe just because of what we eat here, the preservatives and the chemicals and the things and just the junk that we eat make the waste that we produce, we being humans anywhere other than North Korea, pretty toxic and not very good for the environment and the soil. Unfortunately, North Korea is, is lacking on a lot of things. Apparently, the animals to fertilize the ground, so people must do it as well. This is not a hoax. This is not a joke. This is a real life story. This is a serious story. This is something that if more people really thought about it, would probably change some minds on how we are dealing with uh, dear leader in North Korea right now, except for the fact most people think we're not quite dealing with him the way we should be anyway. And we're done with that one because there's not much I can do for transition other than say coming back, we will wrap up the show as we round up top 15 and thank you profusely for sticking with us this long, even through a story like that. This is a weekly wrap-up show with me, Jay Cleveland Payne. The show is for the week ending October 26, 2019. One of the Facebook groups that I am on that supports Podcaster has pitched something called Cross Pod November. Now, for this task, they ask people to submit their podcast to a list, a spreadsheet database, if you will, and then go through some of those podcasts, listen to a few, and then pitch a couple, you know, go through a couple and promote them throughout your throughout November, or at least one week for November. Because I believe nothing worth doing is not worth overdoing, I'm going to not only start in October, but I'm going to uh, promote at least one of these shows from this list for the entire bulk of the podcast cross pod November. So starting off this week, we are kicking things off with a business styled podcast. The title is simple enough, the entrepreneurial you, and it is a podcast for passionate and dedicated entrepreneurs and leaders seeking inspiration. Sorry for the poor read there. So each week, a global high impact entrepreneurial and leader is featured to motivate and inspire the community of peak performers. Sorry for the bad read there. Basically, it's a podcast for entrepreneurs who get to learn and grow from the things that other people have done forward and the stories they tell. May sound familiar, may sound like a lot of entrepreneurial podcasts, may sound like some of the podcasts I do for entrepreneurial stuff, but this is one that you should check out. I listened to a couple episodes of it, and this is an awesome awesome podcast to check out maybe at your repertoire hosted by Hanika Watkins Porter so check it out and see how well you are ready to get into your entrepreneur journey and if the stories that you hear from this podcast are as I said inspirational the show is found at HanikaWatkinsPorter.com slash T-E-Y podcast or just go to our main website or go to our website this is a conversation.com. Click the link for this week's podcast, which is, of course, the week ending October 26, 2019. The link to her podcast is right there in this week's podcast. Thank you so much for Anika for doing such a great job with this podcast and all the great episodes you got over 130 episodes so far and growing. And thank you so much for listening and hopefully enjoying the podcast spotlight we're showing to show our love for the podcasters spotlighting this week. Coming up to the final moments of the show, this is the part where we tell you the stories that didn't quite make the cut, but were still fairly relevant stories. They were rounding out the top 15 stories, 11 through 15 here or there. We'll give you a little bit of context going deeper into these stories, and if you want to see more about them, of course, these as well are listed at our website for this week's podcast, week ending October 26, 2019. This is, of course, for thisisconversation.com. The story at number 11, you need to basically read for yourself. This is one that was posted as literally a filler story as I was looking to fill some time early in the countdown of the countdown. Friday, October the 18th, late in the evening, early evening, early in the nighttime, I could say. Filling some things so I can basically get some rest on a Friday night. The headline is, you can overcome a long gap in your resume. The source for this one is actually the Wall Street Journal. Uh, as I said, posted on Friday, October the 18th. And this one posted early and stuck around a long time through to a lot of you folks and a lot of chatter on Twitter. Apparently, a lot of people on Twitter really are looking to figure out how to fill those resume gaps. So it's something that hopefully, as a public service, we did a good job with. The story at number 12 is about CEO or former CEO of Oracle, 
Mark Hurd, dying this week at the age of 62. Now, this one is a complicated story, so you may want to actually read more into it. Uh, he was a CEO of Oracle, CEO of HP, did a lot of big techie things. He's been on medical league from the current job of Oracle or last job of Oracle for a while. Uh, there's no posting on why exactly he was on medical leave or what the actual cause of death was in the story. But, of course, he basically had to step down because of issues that were dealing with sexual harassment accusations. In the Me Too era, it's really important to not do stupid things along the lines of sexual harassment because right now, at least right now, people are being punished for it, doubly punished for it, if you will, but there, uh, some people are having some of their minor infractions turned to major infractions, and people who are doing major infractions are doing serious time and having serious consequences. This is not me leaving people of, of, of their guilt for doing bad things. This is me reminding you that if you do bad things and you get caught doing bad things, there are consequences, and there you go. So try not to do any bad things. And we're, of course, talking about, in this case, Mark Hurd, the CEO of Oracle, dying at a fairly young age of 62. The 13th story uh, may have big replications, may not. Posted on Wednesday, October 23rd, Hong Kong formally scraps extradition bill that sparked protest. The BBC is the source for this one, and very quickly... Every week since they basically broke this bill, so for about the full summer at least, there's been some sort of big story here on this podcast about Hong Kong and activism. I'm not sure how long it'll take for this to kind of drag down and whether the people who are actually being activists, people who are protesting, will use this as an excuse to stop protesting. I'm sure there's plenty of other things to protest China about, as we know. But Here's uh, the very significant that there is one bill that was basically proposing extradition of people in Hong Kong to Chinese jails and to deal with the Chinese law as Hong Kong law, being that it's part of China, but still has some of its Commonwealth uh, abilities weren't so restrictive. We'll see what it takes to turn this thing around and stop all the insanity, if you will, that's going on with this fight. A very big fight, a very important fight, but a fight that some of us over here in the States could probably learn a little bit about in the, the remembrance that freedom ain't ever free. The story at the number 14 spot, we posted on Monday, October 14th, and this one uh, solved a problem, so I'm glad it's here. People have believed that Tupac Shakur, you know, the whole death of the assassination was a cover-up. He actually uh, was, you know, living on the lam someplace or living under protection somewhere. And we found out that he was living under protection in Tennessee. And we found this out because Tupac got a little riled, a little wild, a little riley, and uh, charged a cop with a knife while on some night in Tennessee. Only, no, this is not that Tupac. It's another Tupac Amari Ashur. Same name, just a white dude in Tennessee. That's it. Check this one out because this one is a, a bit eerie, a bit creepy, and way too funny than it ought to be. And the final story this week for posted on Friday, October the 18th. A lot of stories that were posted early lasted quite a bit. Uh, so that was something to be said about how things went down this week in the countdown. Uh, Canada legalized its weed a year ago. And now the biggest thing that they're finding, which they, they found out fairly soon, was that it didn't stop anyone from buying their black market weed. The headline officially is, one year after Canada legalized weed, figures suggest a large number of Canadians still buy their cannabis on the black market. Essentially, you can go buy to go to a, a distillery, go to one of those places, a shop, a boutique in Canada in many places, and buy your weed legally with no issues. But people still want to hang out with their drug dealers, and the drug dealers, at least in Canada, are making pretty good money with their black market deals as opposed to the taxable deals in the shops. And maybe that's the problem. People just don't like taxes. Maybe everybody hates taxes. Find out more about all the stories we talk about this week by going to the website, thisisconversation.com. Click the link for this week's podcast, which is, of course, the week ending October 26, 2019. Find out more about the story that we're listing as our teaser story this week about the woman who learned she had cancer from a photo at a tourist attraction. It's a very interesting story, and this is one that's near and dear to my heart. For number one, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Week, and number two, uh, my wife is now two years, two years a survivor of her breast cancer ordeal, so we're very proud and happy for that. We happen to have the uh, Coleman Walk here locally tomorrow as we record this, so we're going to deal with that as well, celebrating there. But you can find out more about the actual story and maybe 
maybe give you incentive to get yourself checked out by going to the website and clicking the link for the week's podcast. Of course, as we said, this podcast is powered by you. So join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash this is a conversation or this is a conversation.com slash Patreon. Become a monthly patron. Buy me a coffee. A quick three bucks will help out here or there by going to buymeacoffee.com slash J Cleveland Payne. When you visit our website, visit any of our sponsors. There are all affiliate links. So what we do is get a cut from what you buy. And if you visit our sponsor, we're showcased this week. They'll take good care of you. Get 10% off your gift certificate purchase and your gift certificates never expire. At this is a conversation.com slash cloud nine for cloud nine living's great excursions, great vacation packages. One is nearby and exactly what you want to do. Pretty much guaranteed. This week's spotlighted podcast belongs to the entrepreneurial you with Hanika Watkins Porter. Check it out by going to Hanika Watkins Porter.com slash T E Y podcast and get in on this one. A great podcast that you should add to your repertoire. And of course, Make sure you have this podcast in your actual repertoire. You are actually listening to it and subscribe to it so you can make sure you don't miss on episodes and share the love. We have to share the love with this thing. So I ask you every week to um, tell a few friends, find a few enemies, tell a couple of random strangers about what's going on with this podcast. In fact, we ask you, we implore of you, we beg you. Grab people's phones on the street and subscribe to the podcast and hand it back to them. They will always say thank you. They just may say it in some language and words that may not exactly sound like thank you in the moment. Follow us on Facebook at This Is A Conversation. Follow us on Instagram at This Is A Conversation. Follow us on Twitter at TH underscore conversation. And the more you engage with the stories we post every 50 minutes or so, the higher the story gets into our scores and the better chance it has of making it into the very top. We never really know what happens at the bottom, but you can choose... Work a lot better on making sure it happens to be at the top by just engaging in the stories. Like them, love them, hate them, share them, whatever you need to do to show that this story is interesting to you. Read them, please. Uh, We'll get that from there. And this is the point where I say thank you three times. Try to end it and say thank you three more times. So thank you, thank you, thank you. This podcast does not survive without having you be a part of it, being in the conversation, either via email or inside of social media. So keep it up, keep it going, and keep giving me the things I need to do to do this thing because it is real work, but it is important work, and I am glad to do it for you. So thank you, thank you, thank you. We'll see you again next week for another edition of the podcast where we go to you and you tell me what the rundown is, counting down the stories from 10 to 1 that you say are the most conversational of the week.